Welcome to New Hope Underground. Merry Christmas to all, as Tiny Tim said. God bless us everyone. Now is the time for figgy pudding. Today's episode is entitled, Extreme Santa Claus and Armadillo Mania. And now here are your hosts, Darren and Drew Hansen. What are you doing? Yeah, I was wondering if you are ever going to ask me. Uh, I, I expected a, a couple and it just kept going. It's a new update. Okay. A monolith update. Okay, a monolith. A new oh, monolith that? has been found. Wait, wait, so that that was just like your news intro? Yes. Okay, it sounded like my alarm clock in the morning. Oh, well. That wasn't bad. Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. I'm Darren. <laughs> hey, I'm Drew. And I'm the one that's sounding like Drew's alarm clock. Yeah. Trying really hard. Gives anyway. me gives me like some sort of PTSD right there. But there's a new monolith update. Last, Where's it at? Last week we just talked about these monoliths, you know, that have been showing up everywhere. And the most recent one that at the time was at a like like showed up by a mall in El Paso, Texas. Right. Now there's one that showed up by a bar and down in Florida. Oh. <laughs> so imagine that. So so aliens are seeing the best of what America has to offer. Now, what I was amazed with is I actually found an article in the Alton Telegraph, and it actually was talking about this monolith in the, at the Florida bar, and they went around interviewing people, because apparently people from around town, since they have heard about these monoliths, made their way to their pilgrimage, if you will, uh-huh. oh, to I the will. monolith by this bar in, in Florida. Okay. The name escapes me right now, so I can't remember. But Something it, very Florida-like, like... <laughs> Like like Joe's Pub or like Joe's... I really don't remember. And here's the thing is I think that the whole purpose of this is so that we would remember. But uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. But it looked like the other monoliths, uh-huh. you know, with the with kind of the metallic structure pillar sticking out of the ground. Right. And there was what was... It's so interesting about the article, though, is they went and interviewed some people from around town who had actually, like I said, made their way to go see it. And one person was was quoted as saying that there is no way that man did this. No way. There's no. We've 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 constructed skyscrapers. The St. Louis. There's Arch. no way. There's no way that man we've, put this we've monolith. We put man on the moon. Mankind but could not have done this. We can't make a rectangle out of sheet metal. That's right. No one could have done this. It had to be aliens. And the lady was also quoted as saying that when she would go near it, there was a strange sense of energy that was very spiritual that was coming from the monolith. I bet I would get a strange sense of energy when I went near her. Another person was quoted also as saying that they felt some sort of pull to it. You know, there's some sort of like energy as well that came from it. So I'm trying to... What this to me have magnets is an pocket. amazing kind of experiment in sociology sure. and in psychology. Yeah, it is quite fascinating, isn't it? How people react to this thing. Mm-hmm. They want to believe it so bad mm-hmm. that they will go to great lengths right. to create feel- feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, spiritual pull, this kind of thing. Well, when you can't when you can't reason something like that. All you got left is to describe your feelings about it. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. And I, I think, I'm just guessing that's probably how a lot of people view religion. 
or view even our faith like we're just making something up because it makes us feel better hmm. kind of thing. Hmm. But I I really have a hard time with this one. I don't think, you know, I don't feel that way about my faith, but I sure feel well, that way about this our monolith. An- our ancient scripts, our ancient manuscripts or in texts, our scriptures weren't found outside of a Florida bar. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And it's not just some sort of sculpture that gives off some sort of energy. Four pieces of sheet metal. Yeah, there's a lot any, more to it. Go- I could figure that one out, and I don't even own tools. I was just drawing a simple analogy there. No, that works. But I think that it's interesting that that uh, some people are so ready to believe this monolith thing. I mean, they're just... I wanted to. I wanted to. Yeah. I, th- I think if I were to believe it, I would believe the first two. The one out in random Utah and then Romania. Right. And there was no context for Apparently it. Apparently there's another one found in California. I haven't well, read yeah. about that one, but it's one of California. You're going to see a lot one. of copycats, though. It's my, there's one. Uh, Joe's, so, Grandpa Joe's Candy Store, yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah. My, my buddy posted a picture of someone putting like um, a cardboard box wrapped in tinfoil outside their house as a monolith. He just posted that, and it said, 2020 is getting weird. There is no way that could be mankind. There's absolutely no possible way. No, no possible. And that's what I found amazing about that statement, is like, okay, have you, yeah, have you seen anything that man's done? I mean... Have you, have you seen the internet kind of trend that is like bizarre news headlines about the Florida man? Not recently. No, but like just that. That general oh, meme. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's one waiting to happen, you know? <laughs> I feel like this is just one big Florida man meme. This is another Florida man meme. Pretty much. It could turn into that, but I, at the same time, who knows? Will the next monolith's going to show up? Hopefully my house. Maybe I'll make one. You should. People will know who you are after that, even though I can't remember the name of this for, bar. For, yeah, I was going to say max 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> I know, know him for just a little bit. You can. Claim- I will say I do still remember Grandpa Joe's candy shop for some reason. Yeah, that's because you really like candy. It's also because I ordered from them. <laughs> it worked on you, yeah, sucker. It worked on me, sucker. <laughs> which is funny for a candy shop, sucker. Oh, brilliant! I didn't even yeah, put that. You lollipop, together. you lollipop. Well, anyway, I do have a news story. That's not my news story. Really? Yeah, I was just a that was an update from our last news story. That's just that's just another segment. I have a Christmas stuff that's going on in Florida that no one cares exactly. about. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're all about here at New Hope Underground. <laughs> and uh, welcome. Welcome. No, we're we're people who love Jesus and uh, and we also love to talk about just total nonsense sometimes. Now, here's the thing. Christmas time, so I had to come up with some sort of Christmas story. So I couldn't believe my eyes when I read this story. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there was a man out in California by the Rio, in the Rio Linda area who was uh, paragliding, dressed like Santa Claus. Okay. And his goal was to distribute candy canes. Okay. He got caught in the wires. Oh, no. Nearby high wires. Oh, no. And firefighters had to come oh, rescue no. Santa. Oh, no. <laughs> Can you imagine these little kids that might be watching Santa paraglide? Down into their neighborhood. Santa's never been more vulnerable. But ends up in power lines. <laughs> like a stranded kitten. It wasn't good. And the actual um, caption under the picture of the firefighters rescuing him said the local fire elves had to come out to rescue oh, Santa. So it's, like, it's almost like an Onion article right there. They just, they just played it all the way through. But... 
Can you imagine trying to do something like that? Dress yourself, dress up like Santa Claus, paraglide, and then see Santa get electrocuted to yeah. death. <laughs> That'd be awful. <laughs> and everybody's everybody's uh, uh, from everybody's perspective, it'd just be awful. Yeah, yeah. And the poor guy, he's trying to do something nice, you know. Mm-hmm. But did someone did someone take his suit and become the next Santa? I don't know. I don't think, know if he died or you know, anything. You know, that's the the premise of Tim Allen's great right. Christmas movie, Santa Claus. So I hear. But I, I think the thing is that I don't think the guy actually died. He was rescued. Okay, so he's Santa's Santa still, Santa's still alive. Okay. He's just like chilling in a hospital. He's just a little shocked. Yeah. Ah. yeah. They said he was in shock. So <laughs> No, I don't, so I don't kids, know what the article if said. if Santa doesn't come to your house this year, it's just, just give him a couple extra days. That's yeah, all. he just needs, needs some time to recover. Yeah, I feel like that's not fair. Some holidays go on for days. What I want to know is why is Santa Claus paragliding? That's what I want to know. He's so, got a, he's got a flying sled. Um, Santa's going through a, one of his many midlife crises. He was on vacation out in California and just... He's like, thought, hey, I always want to try that. I'm going to get into extreme sports this year, bro. That's what Santa said. You're like, Santa, why don't you, can you try it like some other time, not just like days before Christmas? Yeah, he's like, like the elves are like, hey, hey, <laughs> we really got to get to work. We people are, we got quotas to meet. We got to get the reindeers ready to go. I wonder he's what. He's like, but check this out first. Check this out. <laughs> I wonder what he's going to do next. He's like, yeah, 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 forget that. Check this out. Hang gliding's next. <laughs> And after that, he's, had to, he's going to do cliff diving in Mexico. <laughs> it's like, Santa, you you can't be running off doing all these extreme sports the couple days before Christmas. We got yeah. stuff to do. Santa's in traction every other year. It's like... Sl- right before Christmas. Can't, can't you know, circumferencing the, the entire surface of the earth via sleigh be enough for you? <laughs> Flying sled? <laughs> Can't that be enough? It's like no, I gotta check. I gotta check out this. I gotta catch the sweet waves in Aspen. Saint Nick, man. Wait, Aspen, 10. Aspen is mountains. Never yeah. mind. I live in the Midwest. Sweet waves in Aspen. <laughs> <laughs> I live in the Midwest. You had me thinking fields. waves. I was thinking hang ten. Oh wait a minute, not in Aspen. Wait, where He's am I? He's skiing in Aspen. That's Santa. He can do yeah. whatever he He's wants. He's a Waikiki. He can do With whatever he wants. 10. If he wants to surf in Aspen and snowboard in Hawaii, he can. That's the thing about Santa Claus. He can do whatever he wants. Uh The wonderful world of zoology, anthropology, botany, entomology, herpetology. And now, the amazing mind of Dr. Reed. Hey, we are back with Dr. Reed. It's been a while, Dr. Reed. It it has been a minute. Welcome back. Well, thank you. Um... And it's Christmas time. It is. It was much warmer last time I was on the podcast. <laughs> uh, it is December. It is Christmas time. And it's December 22nd, actually. Three days before yeah. Christmas, we are we are actually recording this. And I thought, you know, let's talk Christmas. You got something for us? I'm, it's, it's something from the animal world, of course, or something like that. I mean, you always got something interesting. Yeah, yeah, of, of course. We've um, talked dolphins before. We've talked goats. Yeah. So Those are all pretty cool. Christmas time, I'm thinking some sort of Christmas animal. Sure, uh, maybe whatever. Uh, I kind of been thinking. I'm tired of this cold weather, and that's got me <laughs> thinking about Texas for some reason. Texas seems warm. I've never really been there, and uh, armadillos. Armadillos. Yeah, I've been getting into armadillos recently. Okay, well, all right. Let's talk armadillos. <laughs> all right. Now, what exactly? Uh, that's those those ones you see in the Texas highways all the time. <laughs> yeah, Texas highways. Um, People hit them. Highway novelty stores are often. 
you know, carrying some form of. They look like a porcupine. Tax, kind, kind of, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of look like porcupines. Porcupines are bigger. Armadillos are pretty small. They're like possum size. Okay. Yeah. I'm. What's, I've, what's so special about them? So, armadillos are mammals, okay. but they have an exoskeleton. Nice. And that's pretty interesting. And I had read a story about this useful exoskeleton recently, and it captured my imagination. Please not go not on. just because Texas is warm, but a man from East Texas. Is, oh, this happened back in 2017, by the way. Um, I just found out about this story, but a man in East Texas had come out of his house at 3 a.m. to some uh, rustling around in his trash can. And that's that's no odd sight in Texas. You know, no, nothing unusual to ha- to go outside, you know, take care of some pests you got in your yard. Armadillos are everywhere, and they carry the Black Plague. So, you know. What? You got to take care. Yeah, armadillos. Even nowadays? Yeah, definitely nowadays. Stay, don't touch them. Okay, I, that, that's a good warning. Don't touch any armadillos. Merry Christmas. Stay away from... Black Plague armadillos. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Test your armadillos. Um, anyway, so this guy goes out 3 a.m., sees an armadillo, pulls out his 38, and he's like, I'm going to take care of this thing. Three shots. One of them ricochets, comes right back at his face. <laughs> That's a pretty tough uh, armadillo. Yeah. Yeah, it's super tough. Luckily, the guy was okay. He, yeah, that's good. That's good. He, he suffered a broken jaw. Which is pretty miraculous. That's all it was. So it did hit him in the face. It, yeah, the bullet hit him in the face. A oh. bullet ricocheted and hit him in the face. Oh my! I thought you meant it came near to his face, but he actually hit him in. No, the No, no, no! It hit him right in the face. Um, so he had to get his his jaw kind of reconstructed. Did you hear but he's the good. armadillo laughing like in the distance. Uh, yeah. Yes. So here's the thing: they didn't find the armadillo. There were three shots fired, one ricocheted, and the others, you know, who knows how effective they were? They could never recover the armadillo. Really? Yeah. I I wonder... So he ran off. Yeah. I wonder if he ran off or if he just like sauntered off in the distraction of that guy receiving a bullet <laughs> to the face. <laughs> that was his plan all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, how can I create a distraction here? Yeah. It makes... it. It's not even the first story of this. I guess this has happened a couple times. Like if, if you dig into it and look on Google, there's actually a few reports of ricocheting bullets there was a guy in georgia who tried to shoot one in his yard and it ricocheted off and hit his mother-in-law and they had to take her to the hospital for a bullet wound well it's wild it seems like and maybe we already have taken advantage Mm -hmm. of figuring out what exactly an armadillo is made of so that we can see some sort of super bullet that's what see that's what i was thinking vest is that where they come from okay so uh, armadillos are unique in the way that they're m- mammalian, but they also have uh, osteoderms, which in Latin just means skin and bone, like literally. And all it is is um, bone that grows on the outside of their body, wrapped in their skin, and then is connected. In armadillos specifically, it's connected through keratin proteins, so like nails and hair, really thick. And then I had the same kind of like questions you did why aren't we taking full advantage of this technology <laughs> like for instance just capturing a bunch of armadillos and putting them upon your body yeah well if you're going into war or something. yeah well if you think about the advancements we've had in bulletproof technology just in the past hundred years it could have all been kind of 
wayside by just using what armadillos already have. It seems like... Is that a word? Wayside? I yeah, liked it. It, it felt is good. now. It felt good. I liked it. <laughs> it seems like there would be some, you know, rich entrepreneur kind of guy out there who would would harness that and, you know, make some sort of special suit in a cave. Yeah. And become a superhero. Honestly. Armadillo man. Yeah. You don't even have to work that hard because armadillo... Um, Taxidermy is so common, even here in Illinois. That's really the only way I've seen an armadillo up close. Taxidermy like in the wild. Yeah. Here in Illinois? Yeah. Yeah. You, Where do we have armadillos at? I've never I've never seen We one. we don't have armadillos, but we have a ton of the taxidermy. <laughs> which is <laughs> wild. So, so like for instance, for what you're saying is that there's a lot of people in Illinois who like to import these yeah. stuffed armadillos in. <laughs> tons, tons. I'm not even I'm not I'm not even exaggerating at all. Go to a Texas yeah. roadhouse or Better yet, go to a like a highway, like a. So it's for decor. Exactly, like yeah. th- there's they have armadillos that hold candles, you know, and they have some that are made to look like they're rowing a little canoe. So if you're if you're kind of a paranoid sort, and you think someone might ever do a drive by, on your house, yeah, you could just get a bunch of these, taxidermied, yeah, armadillos and set them up in your your picture window. Yeah, absolutely. Or. If you're an environmentally conscious person who would like to make a sustainable household that can withstand the elements, armadillos, skeletons at least, you know. <laughs> I know there's there's got to be so much technology there that we haven't even, we, we're just scra- scratching the surface. Yeah. Hey, Drew here. So I've been here the whole time. I'm just running computer. But I found it interesting, Reed, that you said, um, you know, talking about the technology, we need to yield the technology. Yeah. Of- the strong armadillo. Uh-huh. So I guess my question I would pose to you as doctor of all things nature, um, if we are, if we were to look at constructing some sort of um, ultimate, like either animal or superhero, and would you, we would have to assume we would assign the torso of that being to the armadillo, right? Yes. Right. The torso is definitely the armadillo. Right. So what other characteristics like like what would the arms be what animal like what head like what feet what legs yeah how would you construct the perfect animal slash hero well the perfect animal would have good question that's that's a great question um and it's pretty easy honestly um (laughs) armadillo torso the head of a liger uh the legs of myself and (laughs) and the tail of an iguana it'd be perfect can you, can you kind of go through that list and explain why? Like, I know Not we, really. We got the armadillo. It sounds, it, it just makes sense. Okay. It sounds terrifying. That's part, that's part of its, uh, that's part of its defense. Is this something you're working on or? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the, in your basement in, you know, during free time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I just think those would be a good combo. My legs are pretty strong, and see, I find it interesting because if I were to construct the perfect animal, you yeah, know, I would I would think of gorilla arms, no, dinosaur strength, no, or like T Rex head. Honestly, arms get in the way. Uh, better, better yet, no wings, arms. Wings like a eagle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these intimidating, strong things. Yeah. And your yours so far is like tall legs. Yeah. Um, it's for human it's, legs. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you have. Hu- Armadillo torso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iguana tail. Yeah, there's no way you can track this thing. Like, who's that intimidating other than just like looking really weird? 
<laughs> my my legs are intimidating. Yeah, it sounds like one of Sid's toys on Toy Story. You, yeah. Hey, you know what? Exactly. Sid, Sid is actually the hero of Toy Story. You know, I think so. <laughs> well, go go on. Okay, I I don't mean to be getting into this off off track so quickly, but no, this has been on my mind that's recently. Quite a ride. Let's go ahead. So Sid is an artist who is misunderstood by his surroundings, and the corporate world of toys is what's what he's fighting against. While the other toys are like, no, keep us forever. We want to be with one kid forever. Sid is like, no, I'm making art here. <laughs> and everyone's so mean to him. Right. But he's not. So he wasn't mean to toys. I mean. The toys were mean to him. If Well, the creators of the toys were the mean ones to make them that sentient and then just drop them off at children's houses. So Sid's fighting the man. Sid is fighting. He's bringing the man down. Sid's my kind of artist. I don't think I've ever heard that take on Toy Story, but yeah. I'm, you know, Sid's, I, I Sid was the good guy saying. the whole time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are there any <laughs> other characters in Toy Story that just make you go, hmm, hmm. like that dog that, yeah, like the, with the Jim Varney voice? Yeah, <laughs> the Jim Varney voice. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> isn't that isn't that him? Yeah, I, I, I always thought the Etch a Sketch was an interesting character. Mostly because it doesn't have any, just an extra sketch that can somehow <laughs> communicate with the outside world. It's, it's got to have a terrible life. It's just locked away inside of itself. It's basically a plastic box of sand, but yet it comes yeah, alive. with a little magnet on it. And, and the only way it can communicate is by tediously tiring away at a small work of art just to explain its feelings at the time. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. It reminds me, if, if things like... A, sketch I saw on SNL where they were doing a cereal commercial and the little characters jumped off the box mm-hmm. and said, hey, you want oh, some I've cereal? Seen, yeah, I've seen that one. And they started, kids started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> started running away because you would, that's your reaction. Yeah, that's what naturally. your reaction would be if something like that actually became animated. Yeah, that would, and that would be the reaction most people would have to my ultimate creature with the with the with liger head yeah liger head legs of myself tail of an iguana and then and the, the armadillo and the tor- torso yeah armadillo torso yeah what are you gonna call it your creature reed jr <laughs> <laughs> well hey you know wait, maybe next time we have dr reed we'll have dr reed and dr reed jr yeah bring him on he's pretty smart does i mean he, he could he, i mean i talk i don't know if he's real or not or anything with a liger head can you talk like that i, I don't know that's uh, we'll have to figure that out I don't know. You know, maybe some of our listeners can come up with their, you know, their own incredible animals. Yeah. To uh, maybe, maybe decide to take you on Ray Junior. Hey, in if a cage fight. Yeah, abs- I'd love. We would love to take that challenge on. Um, <laughs> I've been looking for a competitor recently, so. It's amazing yeah. how far we've come from the original topic of armadillos <laughs> in Texas, but. And and Christmas, which we never really tied in whatsoever. Yeah, I forgot about Christmas already. It was kind of funny though. You were telling me about uh, there are some people just like in the movie Christmas Vacation, where they find the squirrel that jumps out of the tree. There's some people that have that have actually had that happen to them. Yeah, there's two of them. Sorry. Yeah, there's tons of reports of that. I actually read a story today. I I can't remember where the lady's from. I was just going in a Google hole, just enjoying it, and um. Uh, a lady had gotten a tree outside from her yard, sourced it, put it in her house, ornaments on it, and she was really strange about the ornaments. There's there's a video 
um, and she she was really concerned about these these ornaments on her tree. They're really fancy, and she thought after a couple weeks of having the tree in that maybe like a, a squirrel had gotten in where it was left in the tree and was just now coming out because um, she kind of saw something rustling around in there. And so she thought, hey, you know, I'm going to try to get this squirrel out of here, be nice about it. So she starts poking it with a broom. Nothing happens. It just balls up and stays there. Starts spraying it with vinegar. No, no real reaction. So she, you know, she really tries to get this thing out only only to disturb it enough for it to leave and out of, to jump out of the tree and for her to realize that it was actually a raccoon and a very large one. <laughs> um, In her Christmas tree. Yeah, so I don't know how raccoon. well her ornaments held up, but I hope they did. You know? I thought you were going to say armadillo there for a second. Now that, now that would be cool. <laughs> but a giant raccoon comes out. Yeah. They're nasty too. I mean, oh watch yeah, out. yeah. They're, they're hey, they're not that nasty. They wash their hands, you know. So let me ask you this, because we need some sort of word of advice from Doctor Reed before we, before we move on. Yeah. Okay. And that is, can you, we're getting since we're getting ready for the Christmas season. A lot of people have real trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some What are some ways they can kind of protect themselves from this happening to them? So the first thing to do is to not get a real tree. <laughs> um, that would take care of it. Yeah. The other thing would be... If there's a squirrel in your fake tree, there's something really awry. Yeah, yeah. See, somebody put that squirrel there. Um, I, I would say, you know, maybe maybe just comb through it finely with your hands and make sure there's nothing alive in there before you cut it down. You know, put some gloves on. You know, sa- no one wants to get arm deep in a sappy tree, you know. It's no good. So put some gloves on. What about like uh, building a fire, a little smoke next to it? Not not to light up the tree, but just to get... Oh, just like smoke them out? Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. Will that work? Yeah, okay. that'll, that'll work. Uh, See, whenever I go out into nature, mm-hmm. say if I'm going out to cut down my own Christmas tree, for example, yeah. in order to, depending on what I'm trying to accomplish yeah. in the nature, um, I may have my own animal calls that I just whip out every now and then whether to scare away the animals in the trees or to bring them closer, depending on what I need them for. Yeah. that. Uh, yeah. I, what do you think about that? I mean, I'm, does that work? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Never. Can, can, can I share it with you? Yeah. Can I, can yeah, I, get, can give I, me a sample. Me, yep. 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 I like that. That's a, that's a good... I'm not sure what animal you're coming to you with that. That's a good cardinal right there, right? Thanks. Yeah, I think it, it's not really a specific animal. It's just kind of yeah. like my the, nat- the nature... Animals respond to any kind of noise, as long as it's loud enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how they're going to respond, yeah. but they're going to respond. Uh, yeah, and another good prevention is to cut down just like as many trees as you can and then just pick one of them, but after you cut them all down, like one that doesn't have animals in it. <laughs> I would cut down... So, cut, cut more than one and then yeah, make sure... The conservationist, them all the conservationist inside of me says, just cut down as many trees as you can. <laughs> As long as you plant another one. It, don't even worry about it. There's a bunch of them. It's not a big deal. <laughs> well, hey, thanks, Dr. Reed. I mean, I, I think if people took this to heart, they'd have a Merry Christmas. I think so, too. Okay, so check this out. Uh, we are coming to the end of 2020. I don't know if you knew that or not, Drew. I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> I think everybody is. Or please, 2021, hurry up. 
but uh, this has been the year of years. I mean, in trying to, trying to, I don't even know what to say. It's ineffable. Is exactly how to describe 2020. I feel like 2020 is enough to just describe how like a bad situation is. Just like, oh, it's it's so, you say. it's so 2020. Well, what I thought might be interesting though is, and we've talked a little bit about this, but mm-hmm. I want to now that we're at the end of the year, I want us to reflect on this. There are 12 words here that I have, single words. Okay. That I think pretty much just saying these 12 words reflect a lot of 2020. Okay. Words that we've never really used that much in the English language until this year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are going to be really obvious. First one, of course, is COVID or yep. virus yep. or coronavirus. Yep. Now, all three of those are interchangeable. That's that's the first word. That's obviously shaped 2020 more than anything ever has. Yeah, I don't think people even understand it, really, and it dominates conversation. Exactly, and it, they're words we've never, ever used before. Yep. Virus, we've, we rarely used. COVID-19, you know, what is We used virus more about computers than we did about people. Mm-hmm. I, I've got that taken care of, virus protection. There Pretty you good. go. Move on. Wish we had that for uh, people. <laughs> I guess that's what they call the vaccine, maybe. maybe. Okay, uh, what about quarantine? Yep. There's another word. Uh, maybe referenced in a show, like an apocalyptic manner, you know? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Or maybe it's in some sort of weird, like, medieval show... You know, like, you know, when they had the plague go through or whatever. Oh, but, I sure. mean, you just never heard the word quarantine. Now we use it all the time. Yeah. This is a word you have said that's interestingly used all the time now, and that's the word navigate. Navigate uncertain times. <laughs> yes. We navigate all the time. Now. Did I use that? Well, you no, you've said it before, I think, in the podcast. I sure we, hope not. We use the no, you said something about how we use the word navigate more. Oh, than we ever okay, have. okay, good, good. And so what I was saying, I it got me thinking like that is so true, and it's a it's like a nautical term. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, people used it when they're talking about ships, yeah, and going out on voyages, and now we use navigate all the time, as if our life is that exciting. <laughs> I remember, like, what was the? Wasn't the one of the first browsers out there called Navigator? Netscape like Navigator. Browser? Netscape used to have a web browser called Navigator. And then Google Chrome came out, and everyone's like, I, well, ah, I was, I was way Google Chrome came off way off after that. It would have been Internet Explorer would have taken over first. Oh yeah, after. that's that's the first one I remember. Okay, pandemic. Mm-hmm. Did we ever use that word? I mean, like for anything? No, unless it was like an exaggeration. How many people something. even knew what pandemic meant until 2020? No, I always got it confused with epidemic. And then I remember, okay, yeah. pan means everywhere. Global. Yeah. So when people say global pandemic, is that, is that redundant? It's almost kind of... Is uh, it redundant? Yeah, it's almost redundant. Yeah, I, I hear global pandemic all the time. But I'm like, pan means global, right? Epidemic means it comes out of one particular spot, right? Right, like an epicenter. Yeah. Yes. How about the word Zoom? Zoom. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, everybody uses Zoom. You know, in fact, we use it as a verb now. You know, millennials, fellow millennials, and, and maybe even a little older, will understand that we knew Zoom from the show growing up. Yeah, on uh, PBS. Yeah. Maybe some people are older Zoom, than Zoom, me, too. Zoom, yeah. 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 It, what was the ending of that show? It was always write some, they always had a... Write some address, Zoom, Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot, yeah. Uh, uh, here's another word that is... Now, this word has been used, I think, before 2020, but I would say it's used all the time now for it? anything. Binge. 
Oh, binge watching like Netflix stuff? Just binge anything. Yeah. Because when you're locked up at home, it's like binge this food, binge this show, binge, you know. Right. He's binge for everything. What about the word essential? Essential workers. Yeah. These are very 2020. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 2019, you wouldn't have said anything about the word essential. It is interesting. specific, that specific. It is interesting. Like, we we probably did. Yeah, we probably didn't put that much time into thinking what is essential. And now that we've, that the world is shut down, what is essential? It's like fast food workers. Yeah. It's like, like our, our essential, like our, what our whole economy and life is, is essentially based down to, like we are dependent on people. I had friends that said to me this year, this is the first year I've ever realized I'm not essential. Yeah. I think it's a good, (laughs) good reality check for most of us. What about distance or social distance? Hmm. I mean, these are words we use all the time, yeah. but not necessarily together. That phrase is more, mm-hmm. it's more the phrase than it is the word, I guess. Mm-hmm. But social distance. What about remote? Like remote learning, yeah. The only time we use the word remote was we're talking about remote control. No, you would only use it when you say, well, where did my remote go? Exactly. Guys, it didn't just grow legs and walk away. One of you had to put it somewhere. I want to tell you, we lost our Apple TV remote, uh-huh. the more expensive one. That uh-huh. take, you know, I don't want to replace it. And I'm like, where can it possibly go? And I turned my living room upside down because there's we didn't keep it, we didn't take it anywhere out of the living room. Right. And so I was like, uh, I'm pushing back the couch. I overturned it a little bit to look underneath it, and I heard a noise. And I'm like, what the? I thought, no, I can't, you know. So I had to rip into the underlining of my couch to look down in there, and nothing's in there. But I hear this noise. And there's like a board that separates underneath the couch from one part of the couch to the other. And somehow it got in between these boards. Man. I found it last night. Yeah, I to, shook the couch over and over until it came out. You had to navigate through all that stuff. I had to navigate. To yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, anyway. I feel like so, like so many... But remote, like we mean. So yeah. much of my childhood was spent looking after the remote. <laughs> now, remote in 2020, of course, means like remote Remote working. learning. Yeah, learning, working. working. What about Lockdown. Mm. Do you ever use that term, you know, like on a regular basis before 2020? I feel like I did a dance move called lockdown. Pop and lockdown? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and what about this word, which becomes, a, I think this is a Gen Z thing, if you ask me. Then I don't get it. I already don't get extra. it. Extra. Yeah. That's like used a lot, apparently. I only knew it as a millennial would know, and guac is extra at Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only. What does it mean in Gen Z terms exactly? It means like no. This one I do know. This okay. Go ahead. It's just like you're you're a bit too much. Like you're a bit high maintenance. You're really extra. Yeah, like 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 if you spend an hour on your hair and makeup every day, maybe it's a bit extra. Or if you're just like too exuberant. Now, see that makes sense in 2020. Yeah. Because everybody's worried about everybody's reactions to everything. Yeah. Which goes with my last word, which is Karen. Oh, perfect. Is that 2020 or what? That's so 2020. And why don't you explain that one? Okay. So I think the term's been around for a long time. Yeah, I think it has too, but it's been really... 2020 has really... It's coming to, you know, it's popularity. There are a lot of Karens that were ashamed of being Karens, but now 2020 has given them a reason to poke their head out. All right, they've all come to the surface. Okay, what is a Karen? Okay, Karen is... I uh, don't mean to make this a race thing, but it's a white woman who who is uh, going to speak to the manager. He's going to be upset, who goes out of her way to to make everyone feel uncomfortable, to prove a point, 
to complain, to make sure she gets her way. Kind of a suburban. Suburban mom. Yeah. Yeah, who, who's going to complain. So if someone calls you a Karen, that's what they're saying. You're a complainer. Yeah, it's not a compliment. Yeah, it's, not it's, a com- it's someone that is unlikable and puts real nosy and speaks In 2020, it makes sense up. that this has come to the surface more because everyone's going through the same kind of troubles, but yet there are some people that complain more than others. So yeah, I think you get I, labeled with a Karen. Yeah, I think if you were a Karen and you could, were able to kind of subdue it, the last thing in the world you need is a like a pandemic to freak everyone out and to give everyone <laughs> some sort of authority to start yelling at people. Well, hey, 2021, we are hoping that the pandemic of COVID will go away so that we won't have to quarantine. And I'm really hoping that you can navigate your way through and maybe if you have to, meet some friends on Zoom uh, mm-hmm. while you're binging Netflix and mm-hmm. hopefully you won't lose your job because it's essential. So don't be a Karen just because you're in lockdown and you have to remote. Uh, because then if you start complaining, you get all extra about it. It's just not going to be a good year. That was impressive. Hey, thanks. I worked hard on that.